time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Listeners, I'm excited to have this podcast because we're all looking for loan programs and programs that we can help our communities. And I was really delighted when Karen Russell at JP Morgan Chase reached out to me to talk about the community lending program that they have going there. And so Karen says, Dave, would you be willing to have Tycho and Sarita come on and talk about this program? And I was delighted. So with a great deal of honor, I'm excited to bring onto the podcast, Sarita and Tycho. So good to have you both here. Appreciate it. Thank you. Now, Sarita, you are the managing director, head of community and affordable lending at JP Morgan Chase. I understand that you have 34 years of experience in the financial industry, 26 years specifically dedicated to mortgage. That's wonderful. That's almost half of what I've got, 50. So you're all, keep going, Sarita, <laughs> 50 years. So anyway, keep it up. Glad to have someone out there that's just so committed to this industry. And especially when we talk about affordable community lending, affordable lending, it is really exciting to have you joining us on the microphone. So good to have you here, as the, especially as the managing director. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. That, and then Tycho, when we were on the pre-call, there was just something about your personality and I see you on camera, I can't say that, but listeners, she just has a smile that just warms the world. But Tycho is the Correspondent Community Lending Director responsible for the development and implementation of the Correspondent Community Lending Program, CLP. And we're so excited to have you joining us, Tycho, as well. Again, I enjoyed our conversation prepping us for this call. But I think it's so important that we start off both of you. But anyway, Tycho, I did get you a chance to get excited. I got so excited to get into the content. I didn't get to let it give you a chance to say hello to the audience. Hello, everyone. Very glad to be here. And hopefully we can cover some information that'll be very interesting to you. Yeah, we're excited to have both of you here on the podcast and very excited to be talking about this very important topic. For those listeners that do not know who you are, I would like to have both of you just give a brief introduction to yourself so our listeners can get to know you. Sarita, let's see, as you're the managing director, we'll start at the top. Let's go with you. Okay? <laughs> First of all, you've already indicated how long I've been in the industry. One of the things that people need to know about me specifically is that I do consider the work that I do as ministry. I always feel like I call it ministry because I don't look at it as a job. I don't even really look at it as a career. I look at it as being purposeful about serving the customers are seeking and looking to be served by way of home ownership. So that's a little bit about me from a business perspective. Other than that, I am a wife. I am a mother of someone that is 20 years old that is in college her sophomore year. She keeps me up at night. But at the same time, my husband and I still try to go to sleep. So we are empty nesters right now. And then I would also say another little tidbit about me, and you might hear it as I'm speaking about this business, is there's a little sidebar, two things. I'm a Zumba instructor, and then I'm uh, also a, yes, <laughs> Zumba and preacher, and then I happen to be an executive. So again, those three things going together, you can imagine that I'm a force to be reckoned with. You are. I love it. 
what I love about what you just said, especially about the ministry part of it, is because I think the most transformative thing you can have happen to someone's life is to get a strong faith. That's the number one. Second thing is find the spouse that could be your life partner. Second most transformative thing. Third most thing is have the family and have them get to raise them up. The fourth most transformative thing I really believe is getting people into a home. It will do more to transform those that have been less fortunate, may have grown up in dysfunctional families, and be able to give them a solid. That's why I'm so passionate. I've been doing this for 50 years, Sarita, and I just delight that you boldly say what you said in your induction. So I'm applauding that. Way to go. All right. Yay. So I'm on track. <laughs> yeah. Tyke, again, wonderful smile. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you're at. Sure, absolutely. So I have been at J.P. Morgan Chase or Chase Bank for about 16 years, but my mortgage background spans over 37 years. And I started as a, you call an underwriter slash originator. So we took the application, we underwrote the file, we closed (laughs) it, we funded it, we did everything all in one. And I think that's where I started to get my passion for helping clients or customers or borrowers get into homes. When they approached me about starting this program, I was currently an account executive or client relationship manager where I visited correspondent clients to do business with them. And they said, would you be willing to start this program for community lending? And I was really all in because I thought, this is great. This is in my wheelhouse. This is what I really want to do. And we started the program, the planning of the program back in 2020, and it has really grown to where it is today. And I know we'll get into that a little later, but very proud of the program and very proud of the accomplishments that we've made with it. It is such a significant program because it talks about community and talks about lending. It's helping people get into that first time. That's what locked me in the industry. I came out of college, didn't know what I wanted to do, got into a bank. I got, I was a DE underwriter. HUD was launching their DE program. I was one of the first to go through the training and I was an originator. So I share that with you in common as well. And I'll never forget the first loan I did. What has kept me in this for 50 years is what that, the couple that I was helping had been turned down three times by other companies. And I could see their desire. I saw the need for a home. I just could get a sense. And I took them on as a ministry almost. Sarita, going back to your point, and it was like, it transformed. We're still friends to this day. That first loan I did that made a transformative, I made a difference in their lives because I stuck with them. I believe in them. I fought for them. They kept that home. They handled it, sold it, and went on. So I just love those kind of stories. But I can't wait to get more into what programs Chase is offering. So Sarita, back to you, and both of you can comment to this, but I'm interested in the programs generally that Chase is offering and then roll into the community lending program. Yeah. And from my perspective, I always like to say that Chase offers an array of products and programs. The reason I say that is because those products and programs seek to meet the home financing needs of each person individually. And so with that said, I just always like to tell people that Chase is open for business. And again, we offer products and programs from our government programs like FHA and VA. We offer conforming conventional programs, 30-year fixed, 20-year, 15-year. And then we also offer jumbo programs as well for the more affluent, so on and so forth. And so with that said, we offer an array of products and programs. I think more specifically, when I think about 
some of the products and programs that we've come up with recently, a lot of those things feed into our need to want to focus more so on advancing homeownership among minorities and low to moderate income borrowers across the board. And so with that said, there are a lot of different dynamics that are playing out within our organization. We have a five-year commitment, $30 billion focused on racial equity commitment, particularly among Blacks and Hispanics. And as a result of that, we recently, in 2021, came out with our special purpose credit program that a lot of people have heard about. It's really our $5,000 program that a customer doesn't have to qualify for, that the property qualifies for it. And so if you're located in one of the 15,000 neighborhoods that we offer this program in across the country, then if the property is located there and you're purchasing that property, you get this $5,000 grant which really speaks to a lot of the barriers that we see with minorities and low to moderate income customers, which are really in the down payment assistance space and in source of funds to close. And so again, that's one of the nuances about being a part of an organization that's always seeking to look for ways into expand access to credit in order to advance home ownership across this country. Again, lots of products and programs that we have Lots of down payment assistance programs that we participate in today. And then there are those that we're coming up with that are proprietary just to chase. And again, lots of things to offer. And I'm sure that if we wanted to get specific in any other thing, we should be able to talk about that. But again, lots of work being done in this space, which is one of the reasons why I love this organization and love our leaders, because we are always raising the bar not just on the industry, but also on ourselves so that we're doing more business for these customers. That's so good. One of the things I want to go on to, Sarita, you wouldn't mind a follow-on question. First of all, I just love the fact that you boldly say in an organization like JP Morgan Chase that you're a minister. That just lights my candle, man. That just fires me up. I just think that's awesome. Being a person of faith myself, I think sometimes we get too siloed in our corporate worlds and the fact that we stand up and say it is it is what it is. I love it. So way to go. <laughs> you had me at that right there. So I just want to let you know. One of the things that, and again, this is not like just promoting Chase here, but when we start to talk about diversity and inclusion, it's important for us to be inclusive and also be authentic leaders, which we talk about all the time. Oftentimes, I always say that you bring your best self to work. And people need to know who you are. And when they know better, some people will do better. But in this particular space, I think this is why I love doing the work that I do and doing it for the company that I'm doing it with, because they allow me to be authentic and to bring my best self to work. And so that's why I say when it comes to ministry, this work is ministry. It truly is, especially when you look at what we're doing for families and for people's lives. It's transformed in the broadest sense and the biggest sense of the word. So exciting. When you look at Chase, I love the fact that J.P. Boring Chase is committed to this program. Here's the question. Many people look at an organization, Sarita, such as Chase, and they go, is Chase, they're all in now. But what if the markets turn? What if certain companies, we watch too many fair-weathered companies come and go when it's advantageous to be in program, and then they exit when it's not. Talk about Chase's commitment, because I believe I heard you say something that's significant about this program. This is a program where $30 billion has been set aside for this program. That sounds like a pretty long-term commitment to me. Absolutely. And this $30 billion commitment that we have is over a five-year period. So we started in 2021. 
It is go into 2025, and we do believe that we're going to go beyond 2025. But even with the $30 billion commitment, it is a lending commitment. So when we think about that $30 billion, $26 billion of that commitment is really focused on housing. And so with Mm. that said, we have about, I want to say it is $30 billion, $26 billion focused in on housing. I would say that $12 billion of those dollars are dedicated to home ownership. And so that's focused on purchase and refi. And then I would say the other $14 billion is really focused on affordable rental because people need to have a place that they call home. And then the other portions of it are focused on small business. There's key components that are focused on wealth management. There are some other components that are making sure that we're focused on checking accounts and savings accounts. And then also supporting minority-owned banks as well that are in this particular space. And so, again, when we start to look at that $30 billion, it's a lending commitment. And it really holds us accountable as an organization to make sure, I like to say, we put our money where our mouth is. That we're doing the work, that we're just not talking the talk, but we're also walking the walk. And the last thing that I would say is that we would not be able to do something like this and stay consistent and sustainable with this without a strategy. And so again, $30 billion commitment is the what, but how we go about doing it really aligns with our six pillar strategy, which is first focused on making sure that we have the people, that we are in the markets that we're serving, that we are diversifying our teams across the board, that we're meeting the needs of the community and mirroring the communities that we're seeking to serve. The second part of that, the six pillar strategy is also focused on being present. And so not only do we have to have the people, but we have to be present in the communities that we're seeking to serve. And when I think about that presence, sometimes it's physical presence, making sure that we have loan officers or home lending advisors out there in that marketplace, making sure that we're leveraging our online capabilities, making sure that we're leveraging Tyco's book of business, which is really correspondent lenders that are out there in those markets doing this business. And then also making sure that, like I always say, that we're leveraging all of our sales distribution models to make sure that we're meeting the people where they want to be met. The third component around this is really around partnerships. Chase is a huge organization and we cast a wide net and we catch fish But in order for us to be intentional about what we're doing, we have to have some strategic partnerships with folks that have trust and consideration in these communities. So realtors, builders, correspondent lenders, advocacy groups, those are all important because they already have that trust and consideration. So how do we partner with them in order to really create a win situation, not only for Chase, for our customers as well? And so when I talk about those first three components of the pillar, that's infrastructure. And so you need that infrastructure to be able to offer the next component of the pillar, which is products and programs. You need to also be able to not just offer products and programs, but offer products and programs that give people access to credit, that expand some of the credit parameters that we have, and making sure that we're always looking at those types of things. The fifth pillar is around promotions. And we hear about this all the time. This is the marketing and the outreach that we do. And what I always like to say is that a lot of companies will start with products and marketing or promotions, and they forget about the need to have the infrastructure in place to get it done. The last of our pillars is really around policy. There are a lot of systemic things that are going on in our country that are impacting or impeding the progress when it comes to home ownership. 
And so making sure that we're working with policymakers, making sure that we are supporting our J.P. Morgan Chase Policy Center by telling them about some of those barriers to creating wealth, to creating home ownership, all of those different things are necessary for us to be a part of. And it's the one thing that I would say everybody can participate in. It doesn't take a group to do it, but each of us individually can support policy changes in our particular communities that really meet the needs of home ownership for the communities that we're seeking to serve. And so again, this six pillar strategy, coupled with the what, that $30 billion commitment, this is how we get business done. And to me, I would say that this is what creates the long-term sustainable outcomes that we're looking for in this space of business. I love your passion on the topic and I love Chase's commitment. And I could listen to you just, John, man, just preach on it. such a good, solid message. One of the things she talked about, Tycho, was you. And it's the people, pillars. And I can see why they selected you when we did our pre-call and talked about it. You're so articulate about it, but let's get into correspondence. Many of our listeners are independent mortgage bankers, community banks, credit unions that are in the rigid donation business. And if they don't already have a relationship with Chase Correspondent, they should. And this program is one of the reasons they should. Talk about your part of it as it relates to the correspondent side. Absolutely. I'm not sure if she knows this or not, but Sarita is a true mentor for me. And any chance I get, but absolutely, along the same lines that Sarita had mentioned, we created the Correspondent Community Lending Program for our correspondent lenders. And what that means is that we purchase loans from our correspondent lenders. And when we created this program, we created it as an incentive-based secondary market transaction for our correspondents to encourage them to do business in the specific census tracts that we allocated as eligible. And we Really, this program, I know that Sarita mentioned many of the other programs that we have, but we do the credit decision for our clients. And so what that means is we call that non-delegated underwriting. So even if you're a delegated client, you still have to send the file into us to, for us to make the credit decision. And that's for our fair lending credit. So when we talk about longevity, we're always going to be, have our eye on fair lending. And this is another part that is going to help us achieve our fair lending goals overall. So having said that, we really just limit it to agency, agency product, but it also incorporates the 30, 15-year, 20-year agency product fixed. And we just expanded to the 7-6 and the 10-6 arms as well. That includes high balance in addition to that. And then we expanded nationally just recently to all 50 states, including Washington, D.C., so our clients have the ability to use this program wherever they lend, as long as the property address is eligible. And we supply tools for them to check eligibility, either through their pricing vendors, which most of them use to do their best execution, or they can come directly to Chase. And we have an address lookup tool that they can put an address in and find out if it's eligible at that time to participate in the program. As I said, we started off in 2021, March of 2021. Once we had the pricing vendors engaged, which took place not until 2022 after we had it built and tested and everything, once our pricing vendors were engaged and our customers can see our incentive up front, the program really took off. So by the end of 2022 into this year, we have grown, I think, two or threefold where we have restated our goals three times already this year. It's been that successful. I can believe it. I love stories. If you could tell a story 
Tycho, of someone who's benefited from this program, does any stories come to mind? Yes. So I speak to a lot of our clients. And even though we offer the incentive, many of our clients are engaged and also have a passion to help homeownership as well. In addition to closing the racial wealth gap and promoting homeownership in underserved communities. So one story comes to mind. I was speaking to a client who was talking to a borrower who was slotted for, say, an FHA loan. This borrower really does fit more of an agency product, and I think it would be cheaper for him to be in an agency product. The problem was his debt-to-income ratio exceeded that of the agency guidelines. So what they did is they took our incentive, which is pricing-based, and they lowered the interest rate for the borrower, which lowered his debt-to-income ratio. And then they was able to fit into an agency product, which was much cheaper for the borrower to do. And that's just one of my favorite stories that come about when one of our customers get really ingenious and start to do things to benefit borrowers specifically. We have some customers that have created grants with our incentive. They have given home improvement store gift cards at closing to help them, especially first-time home buyers. When they move into a home for the first time, they may not be aware that the hot water heater may go right away or something like that. This is something that would help them get themselves on their feet and help them not miss a mortgage payment, which is really important. It does cut down on delinquencies, especially for those who have unexpected expenses. The thoughtfulness that goes into that program, supporting them, not just past, you're supporting them past the close, which is so important all the way through. Sarita, anything you want to add? I love the stories. You know, any good preacher has a good story behind it, whatever they're trying, the message they're trying to give. And do you have any stories that kind of stand out in your mind? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we always have good stories to tell. We just don't share them as often. But I'm reminded of a story that we have where we do have one of our customers that came in. And I don't think this customer was low to moderate income, but definitely lived in one of our minority tracks where we have this $1,000 grant. And not only we leverage that $5,000 grant to help them get into a home by way of closing costs and down payment assistance, we layered that grant with other down payment assistance offerings that were in that marketplace because we have a lot of housing finance agencies that provide down payment assistance programs. And what happened was we were able to leverage our $5,000 grant coupled with one of those housing finance agency down payment assistance programs. And we were able to give a customer $85,000 in down payment assistance to get into a home. And so when we think about these opportunities, we don't think about Chase when we think about opportunities like that, but this is something that Chase is doing today. And I'm sure other lenders are doing it as well, that we have this opportunity to layer finance some of these down payment assistance programs to create an opportunity where customers don't have to pay mortgage insurance. And so again, they can come in with 20% down by leveraging other resources. And so that's the thing that I would even share just even with customers and with our clients and with other home lending advisors or loan officers that are out there. Like when you start looking at these programs and coupling these things up, when you think about being able to be in a space where you are, what I'm going to consider, blessing a customer with the opportunity to be able to come in and not have to put down all of the down payment or think that they have to come in with 20% down and we can build it for them by leveraging all of these different tools and opportunities. I freak out a little bit. I was telling somebody today, what if I knew about all of this stuff when I was buying a home? And I came in and didn't have to put all of that money down and could utilize funds to do other things with so on and so forth. And so, again, we have to make sure 
that we understand the products and programs that we have out there and how to give this information to our customers so that they can make informed decisions that truly mean them well. I love they're talking about the tenets of our faith is you know, faith, hope, and love. What you're creating is hope for home ownership. So many yeah. people are without hope because they hear the 20%, I'll never get there. And they get into a defeated attitude. So listeners, when you're looking at this, you're working with someone, it doesn't look like it can work out in the conventional means. Get a hold of this program. Get a hold of a Chase representative. You know, Tycor, they're going to need to get a hold of you. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Hold on. We'll get there in a minute. We'll tell how to reach up. That's at the end. But I just have such a passion. But it also, Sarita, what you're talking about is one of the pillars you're talking about is your partnerships. So not only are you coming out with grants, but you're aware of other grant programs because of your commitment to the market and seeking out other partners. Is that a fair representation? Absolutely. You have partners everywhere. And when we all come together and create this village, this community opportunity for our customers, then we're able to really make dreams happen and make significant impact. And so, again, making sure that when we are in market, that we understand the tools and the resources that are available in our market by way of down payment assistance programs, by way of nonprofit organizations that can incubate customers and get them on their path to home ownership by way of making sure that we're connecting, again, even with our correspondent lenders in this particular space. And that's why I love partnering with Typo so much is because oftentimes as a big organization, there are times where we're not always present within these communities. And so we might have a bank there, but we might not have like our loan officers in that marketplace or whatever the case may be. Or it's that maybe some of these customers see that their trusted advisors are smaller regional banks where they feel like they're part of the community. And in that particular case, although I believe that Chase wants to get to that particular place of being local, oftentimes we have to leverage our correspondent lenders that give us more of that capability and that outreach. And so, again, we have an opportunity to create a dynamic or what I would say an ecosystem for our customers that by far can add value to their home ownership needs, not even just home ownership, but just across the board, just meeting their financial needs across the board, just being able to develop this type of ecosystem gives us the opportunity to be able to play off of one another so that we can create the best environment and the best opportunity for our customers. And it's more than just what you're doing for the consumer, the, the customer that you're talking about. It's the community. It comes back and all rolls into the lifting up the community. That's why you have the programs. Mark Helm, yes. my co-host, good to have you on the podcast joining me as you're listening to this. Any thoughts that come out? Any questions you have for either Tycho or Sarita? David, I would describe everything I've heard on this podcast with three letters. Wow. I would tell you that listening to this podcast, we are not doing it justice in one podcast to what information could be yeah. given out. And I think that's a biggie. But if I had to brand the podcast, I'd say we've just been part of the Baskin Robbins of home affordability <laughs> because there seems to be a flavor or a niche or ingredients to be added that can make so many different situations work, not work for folks in the past and give them the opportunity for home ownership. And I think we're truly blessed in this country to have a program like this that's pulling all these resources together and supporting home ownership. But it's just amazing all the pieces of the puzzle that you ladies and others on your staff have put together to make this program. And you think about what we're talking about here. You're a lending program. You're a grant program. You're a census tract program looking at affordable houses in certain areas and then affordable housing for other need-based housing. 
you're all over the place. You can serve so many people. So many programs are so pointed for one group of folks, it leaves a lot of people by the wayside. And it looks like y'all build a program that can reach out and touch everyone. Maybe you're really Ma Bell. You're touching everyone, reaching out and touch everyone. But you've really got a great program together. And I'm just proud to have been on this podcast today and listen to and hear about your program and how much it can mean for our country and our communities. Mark, you dated yourself with Ma Bell. There's a lot of millennials listening going, what's Ma Bell? <laughs> anyway, that's a fun. <laughs> I did. I probably did. <laughs> One of the things that we talked about, you talked about, is how it's an agency program, but you have your own software. It is not a delegated program. It's a non-delegated because I'm seeing this as actually an advantage because if we were delegated, we may miss opportunities that you see. Am I getting that, Tycho? Not necessarily because you're delegated, but because this program really specifies specific areas, it really hones in on those specific census tracts to help people in those specific communities. And as Sarita always says, this spans across the whole economic spectrum, not just affordable, but also those in underserved communities that have been subject to possible redlining in the past, things of that nature. This is really poignant to those specific communities. One other thing I wanted to add is not only does this program support the customers, but it also stabilizes communities. And so when we start to think about some of these communities that have been underserved, This particular program and the fact that we're pouring dollars into this particular neighborhoods or census tracts, it just really gives us an opportunity to stabilize communities. Because I often hear that because we have minority track focused with our grant program, that we are adding to gentrification. I've heard those statements. I've also heard statements that we are holding people back and not allowing them to move to areas of their choice. I hear a lot of different things, but I think people forget that there are some people that want to plant where they were raised. Also, people forget that these markets would not be underserved if we poured more into them. And so I think this gives us an opportunity to truly stabilize communities and support those customers. I think that's such a good point. Sarita, that you bring up, a lot of people want to stay where they're planted and make a difference. And the programs like this allows you to do just that. And we could go on and on about that. Like Mark said, we could go, I think this podcast could go on two or three podcasts. I think what we've already done is peaked interest of our listeners listening to this program. They're going, okay, I need to learn more about this. So Tycho, how do you, and what's the process to get approved, get more information of that? Sure. So we have various levels of authority and approval. And I would really point the audience to our website, which is full of information. And that's at www.chasebethenumber2b.com. And once you go to the website, it will point you in the direction of Karen Russell, who is our development relationship manager. And they should contact Karen directly on the website that they can reach out to her. And then Karen can go through the specifics as to how to be approved as a correspondent lender with Chase. Tycho, you mentioned Karen Russell. She's just one of those people that just going to enjoy talking to. She's so knowledgeable on the product and she's listening in on this. So I know we're going to make her blush a little bit. We're talking right there. We're right in front of her without her being able to respond. But when someone gets into starting that process, how long does it take to get approved, Tycho? What does it take to get to the place where they're active in the program, trained up in the program? And how much training do you add to helping board a new correspondent lender with this program? Absolutely. It varies by the client and what information is going to be needed for them to be approved. Karen will work with them. She'll give them all the information that they need. She gathers the information. It takes a few weeks because we do have to do some background checks, et cetera. 
but it takes a few weeks to get an initial response. Once they are approved, we have a resource center. We do a full orientation with them. We do a follow-up training with them. Each step of the way from origination through underwriting, through funding, we also do a separate orientation around that as well. And then we assign them to a specific client relationship management team based on the geography of the customer. And that management team stays in contact with them and does additional training if they'd like. And they can also do one-on-one training at that. So we definitely support our correspondent lenders as they get approved with us. And we just want to make sure that we answer any questions that they have so that they have great experience working with Chase. I want to just say kudos to J.P. Morgan Chase. Anyone in corporate, anyone up the ladder listening to this, kudos to what you're doing with this program. It is so encouraging. And I'm just so grateful that Sarita and Taiko, you took the time to get on the program with us. A special thank you to Karen to reaching out to us so that we could let our listeners know about it. This is a program, listeners, I want you to share this out. I know you say, I'm not going to share with a competition. Come on, we need to make a difference in our communities. Get it out. Let's get everyone out there aware of it. And let's start with you, Sarita. Any final comments you have? Yeah, I would just say to all of the listeners, this is not about what we can do separately. It's about what we can do together. And it's going to take all of us working together all lenders, everybody participating in this space to make a difference in these communities in advance home ownership. And so just remember that as you're thinking about it, it does take a village when it comes to home ownership, given all of the different things that we're going through in our industry right now. But there is hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel. There is opportunity still, and people are still buying homes. And so let's just make sure that we get out there and create a dynamic where we can instill confidence into these communities that so need it most and so that they can be reminded that there is opportunity and it's out there for them. Appreciate so much. Psycho, final word. Yes, I want to say not only are we very passionate about this program and the work that we're doing in these communities, it's really great to hear our correspondent customers say the same thing and that they're also passionate as well. And being involved in this program really helps us to promote our purpose here at Chase. And that is to really make dreams possible for everyone, everywhere, every day. So with that, I just want to say thank you for inviting us onto your podcast. And hopefully your listeners will get a lot out of it. I told a lot of my customers and clients that we're consulting to about you guys coming on about this program. And they're saying, when can you get this released? So I've gotten now a lot of pressure to get this out. And we will get it shared. We're getting thousands and thousands of downloads every single day. This word will get out. And we encourage our listeners again to pass this around, make our industry aware of these programs. Let's make sure that $30 billion gets fully utilized 100%. Sarita, Taiko, thank you so much for being here with us. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Hey, listeners, this hot topic would not be possible without our sponsors. I want to say a special thank you again to Byte Software, Finastra, Total Expert, iEmergent, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, Knowledge Coop, Mobility MMI, and Modix. Be sure to check out each of those sponsors and their sponsor on our website, Looking on Lending, at the sponsorship page. Thank you. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.